here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by a slightly hungover David McDonald, is that fair? That's slightly is, uh, I would go a little higher than slightly, but uh, what is fair is that long-time listeners to this show and to other uh, versions of this show know this Damon very well. So uh, they know what to expect, they know uh, it will still be a bang-up show, uh, a stellar show, a Six star show, a six snake show, uh, all of it. It'll be all of them combined. Uh, and I trust me, I'm wound up. Uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm ready to go because here's the thing, Joel. Today it's not so much that we're reviewing a show, right? We're not. I don't think we're going to be talking about much of any shows. Uh, today is about all the wonderful, and I mean that sarcastically. The wonderful world of uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling and all the behind the curtain and uh, as well as even um, behind the curtain to the Super Jcast. So what a wonderful time this will be. Uh, two hours of just fun, exciting, entertain, entertaining uh, audio listening for our loyal listeners. Speaking of going out and getting drunk, I'm going to start you off with a little story. This is something I found on Twitter from a user called at Papa Warumono. And it's a story, uh, well, I'll just read it to you. In Okinawa late one night after a wrestling show and more than a few drinks at a disco club, Ishii, who was with Yano and Misawa, the medical trainer of NJPW, was feeling peckish and demanded that they go to either Yoshinoya or McDonald's. Misawa politely declined, saying he wasn't hungry, when an incensed drunk Ishii said, I said Yoshinoya or McDonald's. Those are your only two options. Whose team are you on? Choose a side. Misawa then tried to just run away from Ishii, but Ishii caught up to him in front of their hotel and took him down, forcing a scuffle. Misawa ended up with a bleeding abrasion on his forehead and his glasses broken, and Ishii ended up feeling very sheepish about the whole thing. So is that what a, a typical night out with you is like? <laughs> uh, last night, no. Very, very smooth. It was me, uh, the missus, and, our, and again, long-time listeners know the great Gabby, um, who uh, joined us as well. She drove up from uh, Baltimore, and uh, we went to our favorite drinking establishment and uh, downed a couple. And then we went to this one place, uh, I think it's called The Butcher, it was. Oh, the food was so good. And it just came coming out and coming out and coming out. All now, Joel. Here's 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 a good here's the good news. Uh, drinks all were uh, whiskey based. There were no real questionable mixers. So 
but that means I was I was well within my diet. Although it is alcohol and it does, it's really not, but it, it's not beer. Two, all the food, meats. I didn't have a carbohydrate in the bunch. I didn't have a I didn't have a, any any of it. That's two. Uh, three. Uh, then after that, um, my my friend texted me and he's having a little issues with uh, family, so uh, he was in a little bit of a bad spot. So boom, I, I went out with him. And I did have a beer, but then I had other mixed drinks that were under the plan. So I did have one beer, but no big deal because I barely ate anything all day. Uh, so even with all the celebration, Joel, I was uh, still well within my uh, diet. And here's an update for those who care. Uh, I'm down oh, what was the number? 31 pounds. 32 pounds. I'm applauding. Yeah. That's, that's excellent. Yeah. Uh, again, on a guy like me, 32 pounds is a, is a piss in the lake, but uh, you got to start somewhere. And, it, and again, every time I weigh, it's, it's a, it goes lower. And that's all that I care about at this point. You know, I still have until April to, uh, to uh, get into real fighting shape. But um, every time the scale goes down a little bit further, it's, it's, that's, that's good. So, uh, and I did, have, I did have Gabby even mention that, oh, my God, it looks like you're losing weight. And I, was, I, I kissed her right on the mouth for that wonderful comment. So, <laughs> um, yes, that was a uh, nice. So, so we're doing well. We're doing well. So, obviously, you are watching what you eat. But yeah. hypothetically, then, whose side are you on? Your Shania or McDonald's? Uh, Yoshinori. Yeah, McDonald's really is not great. So McDonald's, to me, reminds me of depression. It, it does. Um, it reminds me of, I just, I'm starving, I just need something to eat, and you're the easiest, most convenient thing where I really don't have to do anything major. It's really weird. Like, I'm a big guy, right? But I don't eat fast food. I don't. I don't. I I, I, but I do, but I will say this. In the past, I eat convenient food. So it, it would be like nothing. We, you know, everybody's done work. Shaga's home. And it's, we look at each other and like, all right. And, and it's the worst question of marriage. And it really is. It's the worst question. I would rather have my wife constantly ask me, did you get your balls sucked by a, that girl? <laughs> you know what I mean? And constantly have to be like, no, we just went out with friends. Um, the, the worst question is, what do you want for dinner? It, I just, it's that, that question is, is the, the epitome of mundaneness. So, but it is a question every day. So it's very easy to just get takeout. And uh, so that's it. And then sometimes I'll get healthier choices than other, but, but that's really it. But now we, we don't really get a lot of takeout anymore. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing. It's, but she's kind of, doing it too and she's really happy with the results like she used to get bad harper a lot but it's completely gone like she says i i it's gone um so i mean she's all on board just for that reason alone and she's lost weight she's lost like about 15 pounds so i don't know i i I can't so far it's so good i mean i'm not going to be like everybody do it but it's working for us and so far so good and it's not been that difficult like the beginning is, is is tough because you just don't know what the fuck you want to eat, um, and you don't know if it's sustainable, you know. But it it really is. You can do it. It does take a little bit of discipline, which I don't have, but trying to have, and you know, you just kind of 
make it work. But I've again, I'm talking like I've I've, I've succeeded at anything. I haven't succeeded at anything. I've I, I have um I have a long way to go. I have a long way to go. Well, very very positive start so far, and I applaud you for that. Thank you. But I'm going to drag the the moods and the atmosphere Aww. of the podcast right down because. I got quite a lot of feedback last week from a few people saying that they thought we were being overly negative. Welcome, well, this was welcome to podcasting. Yeah, welcome to podcasting. But go ahead. Uh-huh. This is included one person who reached out to me on Reddit and sent me a very long private message uh, explaining uh, his point of view that he thought we would be so negative. He thought we should rename the podcast the Super Bitch Cast, which has got quite a nice, nice ring to it. Yeah. So I might... Uh, fall back on that one in future if I want to have a little moan and say right it's time for the super bitch cast um, and explains his point of view and why he thought the stuff that I thought was bad was actually good which is fine but here's the thing there are loads of podcasts that I've started listening to and then at some point or another I've decided I don't like this anymore this is not for me and I've unsubscribed from it but personally I've never felt compelled to actually find uh, and contact one of the co-hosts and tell them about it right now i'm not i'm not this is not criticism i'm seeing the, the person who got in touch with me on reddit more of a guy who clearly loves our podcasts he he enjoys the excellent chemistry that you and i have damon being very good friends that we are mm. and the fact that we often take like 45 minutes before we get around to reviewing a show probably loves my sexy accent generally hanging on to every single word that comes out of our lips but by his own admission was having a a rough day at the time and looking for an escape into something he loves and was a bit bummed out by us being negative about it now i I understand i hear you i don't want to deliberately antagonize people who like something more than i do but that said i listen to loads of podcasts where the hosts that i like have totally buried something that i love shenmue which i've made no secret of in the past but it doesn't bother me at all because you know I don't want to live in an echo chamber. I enjoy hearing dissenting opinions and opposing views. It's one of the way that we grow as people. So I really do appreciate people reaching out to me with mostly, mostly constructive criticism. But I just really find it interesting. I genuinely mean it. it's interesting how people can get so defensive about us criticizing something that they enjoyed. Like it's a personal attack on their character. It isn't. Yeah, it isn't. We love all of you. If you're also a WWE fan and you like Cody, you think the Bullet Club are great, we love you. If you're a pro rest diehard with leanings towards Enochism, you think Harold May is the devil incarnate, we love you too. It's okay to like different things. If I don't like something that you like, it doesn't mean that I hate you. It just means we have different tastes and, and that's okay. Variety is the spice of life. There's no right or wrong here. You're all welcome. To, to this podcast except the fucking Shenmue haters who can fuck right off <laughs> but we're going to keep giving our honest opinions on the product even if we disagree with what you the listener think that's okay we can still be friends my wife is now a hardcore MMA enthusiast after watching the McGregor versus Khabib Nurmagomedov fight she thinks you know we've been together about eight years she thinks all pro wrestling is garbage oh. Scampy my beloved cat he doesn't even know what pro wrestling is right right And if I can find space in my heart to love both of them, then I'm sure we can all do the same for each other. So basically what I'm saying is I'm going to keep burying the product, but I'll feel guilty about it afterwards, all right? So, uh, Damon, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, Look, we get it all the time. And and again, welcome to the wonderful world of podcasting. 
on a, on a topic that you know people have various interests in, and every genre has it. Um, and again, I agree one hundred percent. I think it's good to have people that have different opinions. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're right. Doesn't necessarily mean that we're right. But um, I don't know. I, I you, you did send me the the Emancipation Proclamation, <laughs> the, the Nine Power Get Ref. Uh, I, I was like, I, I can't read this fucking shit. No, Jesus Christ. Um, but look, at the end of the day, the person was uh, uh, somewhat apologetic in the sense of, you know, they had a bad day and blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, I don't know why you're taking it out on us. Um, and the second thing is, is, is that, Joel, when it comes to, and, and again, there's not, a ton of them out there, but there are plenty of moments where, uh, whether it be yourself, whether it be in uh, the show in another form, where we have been negative on a show. And I guarantee you every show we get that. And there's not a lot. I mean, we're talking about New Japan, mind you. But every once in a while, there's a show that you're just like, ugh, that did not hit the mark. And we get that feedback. In this particular case, though, it wasn't even so much the show it was the direction and where this company is going and what it feels like is happening within the the confines of New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, which, again, it, it, it impacts every single person listening to this show, and it impacts every single person watching the product, right? So while we you receive this negative feedback um, about – us and our and our bitch cast, which you you can get right up the street with that. Um, we, yet we yet we still get feedback, probably just a just amount of hey you know what and here I'll read if you don't mind Joel I'll read one keep up the great work this is from Reddit so this is a direct message I got from Reddit. Uh, keep up the great work. The chemistry between you and Joel was at its peak last show. And you are speaking for a lot of people. Well, hold on a second. (laughs) Saying it's it's peak doesn't mean that it's good. It might just be a very, very low peak. Well, okay. That's fine. Well, right. The peak might be, uh, uh, we might have started at like shit low level and and we've reached a non-shit low level. (laughs) But okay, we're we're growing. Please continue. All right. Uh, and, And here you go. And you are speaking for a lot of people when you criticize the current NJPW direction. I canceled my subscription last month, so you definitely speak for me. I still listen to the Jcast if slash when it sounds like New Japan gets back on track. I'll be back to vote with my subscription dollars. In the meantime, I'll use my money to uh, buy a Jcast shirt, and I'll just say, I won't give a name. I'll just say, thank you, Big Kev. How about that? (laughs) Uh, So that was very nice. Uh, Again, this is where we are not in a vacuum when we criticize a show. Go online, look at Twitter, look at Reddit, look at uh, wherever you find your wrestling opinion pieces, and you will find. And we had a poll. We had, I mean, again, I don't think we are just in this negative uh, frame of mind with New Japan. It's it's a lot of people. It's a ton of people. It's it's. And and I'll go so far as to say it's from people that I respect and their opinions that I respect. So while 
Others might be, might want to point a finger and say, "Hey, you guys are negative. We, I just want to zone out and, and enjoy the product." And blah, 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 blah. Okay, great. Okay, you you do that, but please, I mean, to to, I mean, again, it's not like this is a an opinion that's so out there in left field. This is a lot of people feel the same way we do about where we are with New Japan, and. Quite honestly, this is the show where we're going to dig deeper into that. So uh, again, if you want sunshine, rainbows, and and whatever, you know, I'm I'm going to tell you right now, tap out. Um, there's plenty that's positive, but there is stuff that's negative, and it's okay to talk about and discuss and 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 and, and see where things are concerning and things where we feel could could improve. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, here's a great example. Uh, I, I listen to uh, Toronto Maple Leaf podcasts and hockey podcasts because I enjoy that sport. And the, and right now the Maple Leafs, Joel, uh, my favorite team, uh, notoriously are shit. They haven't won a championship since 1960, right? They they're just shit, constantly, tremendously losers. But yet they're in the biggest hockey market in the world. So imagine if like. Manchester United were constantly shit. Imagine if the New York Yankees were constantly shit. Uh, you know, th- this is the equivalent, the hockey equivalent. Uh, but in the past two years, they have not only become good, they've become great. And this season, they've started the season on fire, just on fire. They're bulldozing through teams. They're outscoring them. The power play is unbelievable. Uh, five on five, they're they're pretty good too. So. You know, I'm feeling good, and I'm listening to a podcast, and everybody's going. Yet they still find, uh, Mitch Marner can do. You know, uh, we, uh, uh, Ron Hainsey can. You know, he can improve here. So even though a team that is hockey, just absolutely hockey nuts and hockey uh, obsessed, Toronto, uh, can still, even in this moment of glory that they're experiencing, can still pause, reflect, and be like, "Ugh, we." all this is great, but we still got problems on that third D line, right? right? And it may seem, oh, no, who cares? Let's celebrate. Uh, we still got problems on the D line, and that's fine. You can do that and still love a product. I don't, I don't understand why why that's a problem, but apparently it is. Apparently, people want to hear just sunshine and rainbows. Okay, great. Uh, whatever. All right, that's it for me. Okay. Let's move on then. Um, let's talk about Kenny Omega, Ugh. who has come in for a lot of criticism recently. <laughs> Say, don't make that less out. Sorry. You haven't even heard the question yet. All right. Do you, Okay. Kenny Omega, do you think the numbers support the uh, allegations that he's losing some of his appeal as a draw? So I'm looking at the King of Pro Wrestling attendances over the years from the Voices of Wrestling Twitter feed so something they talked about on the flagship so do go and listen to that if you want to hear uh, alternative takes on this so 2012 uh 9000 2013 9000 2014 9100 but uh an asterisk on those possibly slash likely inflated 2015 8302 the point that this tweet is making that the attendance was still pretty high, only like very slightly less than a hundred down from last year. 
and says that the idea that nobody wanted to see the three-way a match I wasn't so hot about either is objectively incorrect. Mm, Omega right. just drew 12,000 versus Ibushi and his defense versus Ishii sold out a mid-sized building. I'll listen to any argument, but if you want to tell me Omega is running off Japanese fans, show me evidence because i got to tell you, I don't see any. Those tickets are already sold, though. Like, we didn't know that that was going to be a three-way until a week before the show. So it's not like they announced the three-way and were like, uh, you know, and you had two months of ticket sales or a month of ticket sales. You anybody who went to that show was going under the, 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 the was going by the brand. Right. We, we didn't know a show. I mean, we sat here complaining about the fact that we had no idea what King of Pro Wrestling was going to look like aside from a handful of matches. Right. And that triple threat could have very easily have been a, just a singles match. That's again. We're not complaining that this was built for forever, right? This was we're complaining that this was a match that didn't feel like it had to be, right? There was really no reason. The guy, I mean, Abushi took the fall in the match, right? Um, so no, I can't. I, I'm, 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 I'm having to like it. You can only. That that could only impact New Japan Pro Wrestling in increased ticket sales, right? So when they announced that match, did tickets go up? Did they did more people buy tickets than they that than you know when they before they announced that match? Right. That's the that's the true indicator because nobody knew that match was happening. Uh, and and then. On the flip side of that, it's not like people are going to go to the arena and be like, wait a minute, triple threat, fuck this, take my tickets, I'm out of here, I'm going to the movies. Right? That's not happening. So uh, that, that's a hard one to judge. Now, the, the shows before, um, he, I mean, he is champion. So, th- I mean, there is something to be said about that, right? There is something to be said that, you know, he's the guy carrying the torch and leading the, the troops. So, well, that you're going to assume that he's on a show in some capacity or form. I don't buy into the fact that it's a that he's a negative at the gate yet. The challenge is, and and, and at the end of the day, that's that's the bottom line. I understand that. The, the 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 issue that we have right now is that there is a groundswell, a bubbling, right, and it all. Uh, uh, what is a, what is a fire start with, Joel? A fire starts with just one spark, um, and that's what's happening. It's, it's smoldering. The the the, and and it has, to me anyway, and to others that I talk to, it doesn't necessarily feel like it is a in ring issue. I don't think many people have what he produces in the ring as being the issue. It's all. All the other stuff that he seems to dip his toes in that have collectively has of kind of just what we want from New Japan Pro Wrestling. I acknowledge the fact that me personally, I might be in a little bubble as far as opinions about Kenny Omega goes because I'm on Twitter. The people that I follow, I'm reading their stuff. uh, The Voices of Wrestling Slack group chats I have with you. And people are all saying more or less the same thing. So I accept that that is a very particular niche and that may not reflect the business as a whole. So the point there was that there isn't any evidence that he's running off fans in Japan. No. 
that's not to say that he's being a smash hit in Japan, but apart from you know the odd stuff that we see the odd messages or, or anecdotal evidence there's no evidence that he is necessarily damaging business in japan but what about his appeal in the west can you see any, any evidence there that he's calling off so i'm looking at things like the attendance of his ceo show or the most recent long beach show is it fair to judge him by those attendances or not um I think some of those shows, he's got to get a hard pass on. Like, none of those shows were actually promoted. You know what I mean? Um, the Long Beach show. I mean, we didn't know he was wrestling Okada and Ishii until, again, a week before. Um, and the video game thing, I, I kind of... I, I'm sorry. that To me, that's not New Japan. Like, if I were going to collect all the shows... Of New Japan Pro Wrestling for 2018, and somebody said, "Oh, you had to include that show." I would probably be like, "Oh, I, I don't, I don't count it. <laughs> I, I really don't." Um, even though that was his show and his his stamp on it, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that was that's like that's like a local independent promotion doing a show at a at a fucking auto dealership you know what i mean like is that a real show or is this just having matches to have people be entertained while they're buying a car like that's how it felt like to me like this was a show that was a side of a side at a video game convention was it um and we're just gonna have matches to entertain people as opposed to we're gonna put on a show for wrestling fans so I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't really count that as a win or a loss. I just count that as this was there. I don't know. Because um, again, New Japan fans weren't traveling down there per se. I mean, I'm sure that there were people down there that went, but I think more people were there for a video game conference and a video game thing than than a pro wrestling thing. That's for sure. All right, so. He's off the he's off the hook then for those two instances then because I certainly think there's other factors at play. Uh, particularly if we're just talking about the New Japan shows, I think overexposure, the fact that they keep running the same areas, and the fact that the cards were announced with very very short notice has definitely got to shoulder some of the blame. So I don't necessarily think it's fair to look at those and say, oh well, Kenny Omega's not drawing as a champion. I think he. I mean, I think he's doing just fine drawing. Um, my again, the biggest beef is that never since we, I've done a show that revolves around New Japan Pro Wrestling has there been such an undercurrent, a bubbling, a a you know a groundswell of anti Kenny Omega, right? That's really and the direction that it feels the company is going in. Again, it's 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 the feedback underneath the the surface. It's not everyone in a panic. It's not everyone in a, you know, running down the streets, you know, you know, like they're getting chased by zombies. It's a a. I don't even know if it's a minority, but it's it's more people than than I can ever remember specifically for this product. Of, ugh. I mean, I mean, I get texts like this, Joel. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you a text. So again, I had we had uh, someone say. You know um, that uh, they, you know, they were gonna they canceled their subscription. They have decided to to give New Japan a rest because it's just not 
doing what they would hope to do. Uh, let me give you something a little bit more distasteful. Uh, this is a text from, uh, and I'll tell you right now, from the great Eric, the, the great real hero, uh, who I know is listening. Uh, so I'll read this text for you if you don't mind. Uh, New Japan stinks, LOL. That triple threat, fuck off. <laughs> okay. All right. So we have different different ways of saying it. Does he have a podcast? <laughs> he should. Um, we have different ways of saying it here in Philadelphia. But uh, I get more of those uh, than I do, hey, what a great three-way match that was, or what a great triple threat match, or what a great idea that was. I get more of that than, than positive. So, listen, I think, as, as always, Joel, we're the voice of the people, uh, and uh, we, we, we give them this, this, this outlet, and, it, and it's okay to have issues and challenges and problems with where the company is going. And um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think that makes for good discussion and good conversation and good. And here's the thing, too. A good uh, eye-opening, right? Because sometimes you can live in a bubble. And it's like, oh, I live my own life, blah, 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 blah. And somebody says something, and it hurts at first. But then you look at it objectively, objectively. And then uh, maybe you see a different point of view. Uh, and you open your eyes to a new way of thinking. All right. What else we got? Okay. Let's talk about Dave Meltzer's reports in the Wrestling Observer oh. newsletter that some... Uh, Danny Schmelzer. He says that some NJPW wrestlers are very unhappy with the new management to the point where they may now be considering jumping ship to WWE, even if they'd never thought about such a move before. Now, the caveat to this is I saw uh, Rovert on Twitter saying that Kenny and the Bucks are already arranging stuff for All In 2. Or maybe it's not Kenny, it's Cody and the Bucks arranging stuff for All In 2, which wouldn't square with a WWE move. So there has been a lot of back and forth over this. We saw Tamatonga going off on one on Twitter. Uh, I presume you've seen this, but Tamatonga's basically shitting on all those reports, saying that uh, there's plenty of great talents out there who would be grateful to have an opportunity to work in New Japan. Who fed you those lies? Um, basically being a, a bit of a company man talking about the new president and management helping the company gain sponsorship with international expansion traveling big money the company's growing he says uh, yeah bitch us foreigners that have been here and worked our asses off and very proud of how far we've come so to the foreigner or foreigners complaining to Dave Meltzer that they're not having fun you can just GTFO I've never in my career here in New Japan ever heard of a Japanese wrestler complaining about work atmosphere not being fun in New Japan GTF out here then there was a report saying, uh, for, well, no, this was from Harold May's blog, who said that Meltzer got the wrong guy. So in a blog post, Harold May said uh, Meltzer had identified the new general manager uh, by the name Michael Craven, but apparently he got the guy's name wrong. So so there is a guy? If I've got this correctly, yeah, yeah my, there is a Michael Craven, a rival recruiting company who's got nothing to do with New Japan, but he's been getting lots of hate mail and death threats. So I don't know what's going on with that. Um, I don't know if Kevin Kelly actually mentioned the name Michael Craven or if maybe there's two Michael Cravens. And then Meltzer came back again saying with another report saying the people he's hearing from about unhappiness are across the board in the company, including the top Japanese talents. It's not just the elite that he's talked to about it. It's a vast majority of guys that are unhappy. Not everybody, but a lot of them. 
He notes Tamatonga is one of the guys mad on Twitter about it, although he heard back in July when Tama got disciplined for his language in the incident with a fan that he was angry at the office about their reaction to it. He said at the time of the G1 finals, nobody on the elite side wanted to leave NJPW and they're planning on staying, but now it's more up in the air. He says the decision was basically a done deal and is now being reconsidered. He thinks the internal reaction is to lash out against the report and guys who are talking to him as opposed to fixing the issue. It's only going to get worse. He insinuates that he thinks the issue is bad enough that if it continues, it's got even the top guy, all the even the top guys thinking about options except Tanahashi. And he talks about some of the Japanese talent is bothered by the company hiring a lot of foreign top executives who don't have experience in wrestling. Then Tamatonga said. So, Meltzer, you went from putting the heat on the foreigners, nothing about the Japanese talent, to now adding more bullshit, which includes top Japanese talents. You're deep in the wrestling politics now, huh? Who's playing you like a fiddle? Now, I even heard a rumour that it was actually Tamatonga feeding these stories to Meltzer. So, how? Uh, well, we've got a question from Joel. He says, how much do you think Meltzer's reporting of the backstage problems related to expansion is true or a conveniently relevant narrative to the main event of Wrestle Kingdom 13 passed on one of the participants if a second is true I don't think Tama got the memo like personally when I first saw these things about people being unhappy and thinking about going to WWE my initial reaction was his source Dave Meltzer's source is the elite right it's yeah. the Bucks and Kenny and it's a standard tactic for them to release something like that so they get a bit of a pay rise because their contracts are coming up and when it comes to negotiation time that whoever's writing the, the numbers on the check will be thinking, oh, well, we don't want them to go to WWE, so they just you know, put an extra zero in or yep. whatever. So do you think that that's the case or do yep. you think there's something uh, more worrying at hand? No. Uh, well, I, th- I, I do think both. I think there is truth to what uh, Meltzer is reporting because I think everybody... I mean, I don't talk to a lot of people there as, as much as maybe I, I used to, but... I mean, I've heard stuff from in the past of, of, of that. I mean, it's not – that's I, – I think, like, everybody's kind of acting all shocked and all, but, you, I mean, there's – it's a pro wrestling locker room. Like, people are going to be happy with their, their place in the company, and people are going to be thinking that they want more. It's a competitive locker room that, that you know, and the people that that don't feel like they're being used properly are going to be talking the loudest. Um, that's number one. Number two, yes, it, it is classic contract negotiation. Um, and and it's funny because Dave put it in his in in the newsletter in a print form, and then you know how they every day that the Observer is released on a Thursday, Dave and Brian will do a show, and they'll talk a little bit about that specific Observer, and and basically. If you listen to the show, Dave basically says, "Yeah, it's it's the it's it's Kenny and the and and, and the elite," um, and, and I don't doubt that. I, I don't doubt that at all. Um, I think, especially in a in a very weird business like pro wrestling, there is this sense of oh, I mean, we get it all the time here. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about because you've never done it, right? Like. I can't think of any other profession where uh, like I, I can't say that. I mean, sports in general is that way. You know what I mean? Like, like, like here's the thing: it, wrestling is more so this, where you have to be part of the inner circle to be accepted by the people doing the work, right? So, a guy in a suit showing up and saying, "Okay, well, we're going to kind of 
instead of doing X, we're going to do Y. There's always going to be pushback for that. Always. Um, I don't think it's. I don't. Uh, you know, in in one in one on one hand, I'm. I think it is a little troubling because there is this this again bubbling of stuff, but on the other hand, I just think that uh, it's just the you know people trying to negotiate contracts. <laughs> I really do. Um, I don't. Th- but here's here's the one thing. I don't think this is like. I don't think the elite are calling Dave and saying, "Hey, do me a favor." Uh, put this little, throw this out there so that we can get more money. Like, he's probably in conversations with Bucks and Omega and whatever. You know, he's probably in regular conversations with them. And it's been said by them. And he's reporting on that. That, I mean, if if a major football player, and you you are a reporter, Joel, and you're in uh, we'll pick a locker room. You're in Arsenal's locker room, and uh, you have access to the players. And you know it might be off the record. You're in conversation with one of them, and they mention you know their their contract, and they're like, oh, you know, blah blah blah, uh, and they talk to you off the record or whatever. You might not go in your newspaper and say that whoever John Jones said he is fucking, but he you might insinuate things in your piece that. This is happening, and it happens all the time in in the media. It happens all the time. I know it. I've worked in it in 20 years. I've seen it. I've had it happen, right, where it's not so much the player saying exactly what it is. It's more of they're off the record, and they're kind of giving you what the situation is. Um, so that's that's why I think the situation is here with the Bucs. <clears throat> um, it's a contract ploy, and that's that. Do I think it's other Japanese that are of ish that have an issue. I'm gonna be truthful. How how the fuck would you, would would a would a Dave know? I I don't think Dave has many Japanese contacts within New Japan. I really don't. I think I think the people that so he's this talk- would sound like the the people his usual contacts say to him, oh, it's not just us; it's the Japanese guys as well, rather than the Japanese wrestlers contacting him directly. Yeah, I really do. I, I mean, unless he has the, I mean, he's never going to give a, give out his sources, and that's fine. But it might be just, a, you know, here's the thing too, dude. It might just be a case of he's getting text messages from people. You know, I we open a show with you know various messages and and feedback that we get from people that listen to this podcast, and maybe the, he's just getting feedback from people within Japan and and within. You know, somewhere within the the confines of and structure of pro wrestling in Japan. And he's just getting feedback like that. I mean, it could be something as as, as simple as that. Um, look again. I just it's 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 all these things at the same time that that concern me. Right? Did you hear about shit like this two years ago? Did you hear about shit like this four years ago? And New Japan's always had issues with stars wanting more, right? I mean, you go down the list of the fucking company from Anoki to Chochu to Fujinami to uh, Maeda to, I mean, the list is long of people who, you know, who wanted more. I mean, it's pro wrestling. And when you get to the top, you want more. You want as much as you can. Um, 
And I think this this is a perfect example of that. So what percentage chance would you say there is of the elite actually leaving New Japan and signing with WWE? I think it's very good. I'll, I'll say right here as we do a podcast, I think the chances are very good. I do. I don't – I think – and again, I, I, it, not only do I think that they are leaning more that way, I think the fans of this product – are resigning to the fact that this is going to happen and they're becoming okay with it. And they're seeing it as a positive as opposed to what people could perceive it as a negative. You know, we talked about Madison Square Garden. It's built on Omega and it's built on the Bucks and it's built on this and the company would be dead. They're already making plans. This company right now, Joel, all these booking decisions that are happening, what this is to me, is the company making plans and being prepared for when that day happens. Look at you. Let me ask you. The idea of of Jay White right now leading a Bullet Club faction. You mean to tell me that's not a setup just in case things happen? That's that's called being prepared. They're they're phasing out. I mean, the Bucks are not on the Tag League Tour, right? They lose the straps. They're not on the Tag League Tour. I don't know. It just seems to me like it's a it's a step in the direction to make stars and to be set up for when they do leave. Because I do. I, right now, if you ask me, with a knife to my throat, a gun to my head, a rope around my toe, and a finger in my butt, I would say, I would say, I don't know why that, uh, I would say that, yes, they are leaving. Okay, so you don't think there's anything to these rumors about All In 2 being arranged then? Because obviously, if they sign for WWE, then that's off the table. Well, again, they they could do All In 2 and then leave the next day, right? They could sign their contract and be gone as of, I don't know, I'm, I'm throwing dates in the air. Uh, they're officially WWE on March 1st, but All In is February 16th. Right? Okay. Yep. Well, it, funnily enough, I did run a poll on our Twitter account, which was inspired by a similar poll that John Carroll did from Voices Wrestling. So I asked our followers, if the elite left New Japan, would you watch the product more, less, or the same? 17% said they'd watch it more, 8% said they'd watch it less, and 75% said they'd watch it the same. There you go. Now, I am aware of the fact, again, this this bubble thing could be an issue here because the kind of people that follow us probably share similar opinions that we do. And there's probably tons of people out there who would be genuinely upset by the elite leaving so much so that they would stop watching New Japan. I'm not denying that those people exist, but out of our followers... Only 8% said they would watch it less. And 75% said they'd watch it the same. I think this is people like myself who just enjoy the product in general and would not stop watching it if anyone left. Even if my favourite wrestler left, I wouldn't stop watching it. So I think there's something to that as well. Did those poll results surprise you at all? A little bit. Uh, even though, as you described, that you know our listeners... But I think we have a very diverse group of listeners and i think we have a, a a group of listeners that like the product for different things 
I mean, one of the biggest criticisms that the PureCast had was that we were that bubble, it felt like. And we really didn't have a, a, a wide variety of, of fans who liked the product for different reasons. We had a few, but it all seemed to be cut from the same cloth, uh, where I feel like we have a, a much more diverse audience listening to this show um, and a much wider audience. And um, so I... I I'm a, I'm a little surprised of those numbers, but you know I think I I really do feel like people are just kind of more preparing themselves for the inevitable of them leaving, and 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 that it's okay for that to happen. Um, I I, I really do. I, I don't I don't know if if the numbers are a 100% true representation of our fan base. But um, I, 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 I want to believe that. I, I, I'm, I'm worried that people might take those numbers and look at those numbers and, and say that we don't like Kenny Omega. Which or the Bucks, which which is couldn't be further from the truth. I just think that a lot of the people are sick and tired of, and it feels like we do this every year, right? This whole holdout, like it's just here's here's the biggest problem that I have right now. Everything is about them. It feels like you know what I mean. Like we're gonna hold up the company. And, and we're not going to sign and we're going to weigh our options and we're going to do all like this is all based off of their whim, you know, and that's, I guess, maybe where I have the biggest problem that it's it doesn't f- I don't know. Just if you're going to stay, stay. If you're, if you're not going to stay, leave. Right. Like, you know, in your heart. And if you don't know in your heart, guess what the deciding factor is at this point? It's how many zeros are on the check that you're going to get. Right, because at this point you already know the logistics. Oh, I'm going to be away a lot, or I'm not going to be away a lot. Uh, the travel is going to be lighter, or the travel is not going to be lighter. Uh, I'll probably be this kind of guy in in the company, or oh, I have an opportunity to be this kind of guy in the company. Like I would think, all of that is already sorted out in your head. The only other thing left is how much, how many zeros are going to be on the check. That's it. That's that's that. This is where this has come, right? At this point, Joel, if, if this were you, wouldn't you already have all of that sorted out in your head minus, okay, well, how much am I, would I get paid versus how much would I get paid for the other option, right? You'd already have it all sorted out. That's, that's what we're waiting for. So the company and the direction and all this shit is in limbo because it's, it's, it's about how many zeros am I going to get on a check? I think that's the main crux of where people have a sour taste right now with all three of them. Yeah, and I just want to jump on the back of that and say that I like Kenny Omega. I, yes. He was one of my favorite wrestlers because I I flew out to Osaka because I wanted to see him win the IWGP heavyweight title, and I did, and it was amazing, and that's going to be one of my best wrestling memories ever. So I don't want him and the Bucks to leave because I think they're tremendous wrestlers, and I will be sad if they do leave. But historically, New Japan has recovered when stars like that have left because everyone goes back to the famous example when Nakamura, AJ Styles and um, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows walked out and they were just fine after that. So if 
the elite leave. I'm not saying that we want them to leave. If they do, New Japan will be just fine. But th- this whole topic and the things that you're mentioning did does lead into nicely a, a question we got from Ika, who says, do you find a comparison between the clique and the elite to be fitting currently? Because there are the same sort of diva-ish tendencies that I think do fit both of those groups. Do you think that's a fair comparison? Um, I, I, I think if we put a, a, a timestamp on where we are right now in wrestling history and in two or three years, there will be some type of shoot interview or something where it will kind of tell the tale of where we are now in the company. Um, I can't say that because I don't know how he, how they act. And like, I can't say that. Uh, and, and in every, you know, I, you, you, if you go online, there's really not a lot of bad things said about either of them. And in a backstage, you know, uh, politicking kind of thing with those guys, right? Um, so I don't, I, can, I don't know if it's the same because the, the click were just, they were, they were brutal with that. Um, so I don't have an, I can't give a, a direct connection with 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 those two groups but you know i i I wouldn't be surprised right it is pro wrestling and and at the end of the day people are are pro wrestlers and they're looking out for themselves um at the end of the day that's 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 the honest to god truth um and and this whole idea of i want to change pro wrestling okay uh, all right, all right. Uh, I, I, I think. I, I again at this point, you could very easily say, "I'm leaving" or "I'm not leaving." I'm staying. Here's this is what I'm doing, and sign a, an extension or not, right? Or not, um, and make that decision. So, uh, the longer it goes without an, a, a contract renewal, it, it's it's. I th- look. I, why am I beating around the fucking bush here? I think they're going. I think I, I think they're going. Well, I noticed something online over the past couple of days, and we got a question about it as well. Tom Talk stuff says uh, the Bucks, Hangman, and Skull have tweeted that their latest Bullet Club shirts are the final Bullet Club style shirts. Are we getting worked? So my initial reaction to that was I just thought that they were breaking away and were going to be the elite rather than Bullet Club, and Bullet Club was going to be the the Jay White-led, uh, you know, Tamatonga, that heel faction that we saw appearing towards the end of King of Pro Wrestling. So do you think there's anything to read into that with Bucks and Hangman and Skull saying it's their last Bullet Club-style shirt? Um, Possibly. Possibly. Um, uh, Yeah, but I think it's more along the lines of, uh, at least for a little bit anyway, elite stuff and and Bullet Club stuff. And the, and the line has been drawn with that. Jay White is Bull Club, and Kenny Omega and that and those they're they're elite, and that's where it's going to be for at least a couple of months. Okay, and we got an interesting question here from Nicole. He says, "Let's say Kenny does leave for greener pastures, wherever those lay. If he goes scorched earth on the way out, complaining about how he was booked post Dominion and confirm the rumors about May messing with the front office." Does May get shown the door? If the whole no. reason he got hired was to push Western expansion, but he manages to lose Kenny, surely that goes down as a major fail, right? Um, I mean, everybody 
look, I know everyone, my, our, uh, myself included, this podcast included, has put a crown on Kenny Omega as the champion of Western expansion. And if it's not for Kenny Omega, this thing doesn't get off the ground. I don't know if I fucking buy that. I don't. And maybe it's me just saying it because I I feel like he's gone and I'm going to kind of compensate for the fact that he's gone and and he really wasn't the reason. Blah 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 blah. It's a it's a loss. It's it's a big loss. It is. We can't deny that. Who else in North America is selling shit in fucking hot topic right now? Right. It's Kenny Omega. It's the Bucks. You can't hand wave that. Is it a fail if he walks? Yeah. Yeah. It is. If you're looking at it objectively, yeah, it's, it's it. Yeah, he has to sign him. He has to sign them. Again, the your who else? I I. I, I I'll go back to it. who else is selling, who else is as marketable, who else is as popular in New Japan right now. Let's put it this way: Is Jay White selling shit at Hot Topic? Is, uh, uh, I don't know. Is Trent Beretta <laughs> selling stuff? Is you know I would love to see the numbers of how much Los Ingobernables stuff is being sold in the U.S. compared to Bullet Club, Kenny Omega, Elite, Young Buck stuff. I think I think we all know the answer to that. It's a f- he's. If the question is, is it a failure if they do not re-sign Kenny Omega and the Bucks? Yes, yeah, I believe it is. But enough to for him to get fired, or something that he can recover from as. President? Oh. I- Here's the thing: I, I, I he can recover, but I think it it's going to be a more difficult road to navigate, for sure. Joe, come uh, come come April, Madison Square Garden. If the Bucks and Kenny Omega aren't on that show, I guarantee you, there's going to be. I'll throw a number at it out at half, half of that audience. Is going to be upset. Yeah, we got a question about that. Aspir said, asked us as MSG ticket holders, would you guys be angry if the elite signed with WWE next year and missed the show? It's not like they're advertised for the show, but I'd expect some sort of backlash, probably some more ROH centric fans trying to sell their tickets at least. As a ticket holder myself, I'd be a little bit disappointed in not getting to see Omega Live for the first time but it'll probably just mean I get to see even more New Japan wrestlers than just the Elite, which I'd be happy with for sure. Maybe they'll finally let Kojima bring Bread Club to the West. Now, actually, Kojima did bring Bread Club to OTT. He was there in Ireland uh, today or yesterday, I think, and people were throwing bread at him in the ring. So he has actually, he's already made it to the West, but certainly it will be a fine addition to MSG. Like Personally, given the fact that I've seen Kenny Omega twice this year in big matches, I saw the Jericho match, I saw him win the title of Okada, I've seen the Bucks in great matches as well uh i would not be heartbroken if they weren't at that msg show i'd be a bit disappointed sure because i'm fans of theirs and i like seeing their wrestling but it's not gonna severely affect my enjoyment of the show i would be excited to see who gets slotted in their places instead and like i said earlier i'm a fan of new japan pro wrestling not exclusively a fan of the elite so that's just me but as you say i suspect 
I could be in the minority there. There might be a sizable proportion of people who've got tickets for that who'd be really pissed off if the elite weren't there. There will be. There absolutely will be. And here's another thing, too. This is this is going to be a New Japan moment in Madison Square Garden where collectively fans of this product are going to be in the biggest building it could possibly be. And here's what my fear is. Two matches in of this show, everybody is on their mobile device and everybody's getting the text messages and everyone's getting the tweets and everyone's getting the, the notifications on their phone. Kenny Omega and Young Bucks are five miles away at the Barclays Center, you know, and they're and they're going to make an appearance there. That would deflate. Is that the, the takeover show? Yeah. Yeah. That would be that would be a major balloon deflating moment. I'm telling you right now. That's the last the last thing that New Japan would want to have happen is that to have happen. Where it's Vince would love that, wouldn't he? Oh, you you mean he would he's got a boner right now just thinking of it. Like he's got a boner with Saudi money wrapped around. <laughs> like his pants are down. He's Scrooge McDuck diving into a pile of Saudi money, uh, thinking of and and then and then salivating at the at the idea of that. He that would be his his wet dream. And that that would be a worst case scenario. That would just be a. Uh, how do you recover? How does that show recover if that happens? That it, it would be a rough night. Uh, but you personally, would you be disappointed if uh, Kenny Omega and the Bucks weren't at that show? I'll be drunk. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll have people handing me bags of crisps. People. Yeah. Wearing our T-shirts, yeah. worshiping us for the celebrities that we are. We won't give a fuck. Uh, we won't give a fuck. Uh, we won't even know there's a there are matches going on. You kidding me? We're we're there to be pampered. Oh my god, uh, it would be. Uh, look again. You said it moments ago. Uh, we love Kenny Omega. Love him. His in ring, I think, is great. I know that there are people that that the hand wave some stuff. Uh, best live match I ever saw in my entire life. He was involved in some of the, the the greatest matches I've ever seen. Period. He's been involved in. So I'm not hand waving him because we actually do like him. It, it's the uh, it's it's this this stuff is uh, you kind of it's enough is enough. It's enough is enough, and all the little leaks and all the little. Uh, tweets, and they're arguing over fucking Twitter, which I can't stand. Oh, do I hate when wrestlers argue over Twitter. Oh, my fucking God. And even if it's if it's legit or they're just pro-wrestling us or whatever, it, it, in any form or fashion, it stinks. And I wish, I, I've, I've said it before, I, I, I pray to the heavens above. That one day, somebody decides that pro wrestlers are no longer able to use Twitter. I would be the happiest fucking person in the world because the nonsense, where's the the the, the supposed feuds that get started on Twitter? Every single one of them stink on ice. Stay off Twitter, wrestlers. Stay off of it. it you're you're terrible. 
So the Chinese government have got the right idea then. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, yep. YouTube, all banned. Banned. That would be good for pro wrestling. It would be, it would be remarkable for pro wrestling. It would be the best thing that happened in 20 years. Speaking of Harold May, the favorite thing that I saw recently was a rumor. I saw this uh, from on Twitter, at Radical Totoro, which said, Harold is mad at Juice Robinson for having sex in a hotel room that Harold paid for. <laughs> <laughs> really? Why would it? All right, let me ask you this. If it's you all, let's, again, let's just pretend. You're not married, right? Uh, you come to New York City. I pay for your hotel room. We go out to the bars. We have a good time. We meet some people, blah, blah, blah. I, I'm like, all right, Joel, have a good night. I'm out. All right, take care, mate. Boom. You, I'm going to stay at the bar, just get a couple more, and I'll be, all right. In that meantime, you meet a young lady. Oh, and by the way, I paid for the hotel. Uh, okay. Or an old lady. No, not an old lady. I paid for the, I, I paid for the hotel, right? And you meet somebody. You meet a young lady or an old lady, as you like to say. Uh, and you uh, get romantic. And, uh, you know, you're fucking, right? Um, have full sex with yes, women. Yes. Coitus interruptus. Um, you did it all. Everything was explored. Am I going to come to you and be like, dude, <laughs> you, that, I paid for that hotel. Like, that makes no sense to me. Why would any man be upset that another man had sex in a hotel that I don't care who paid for it? What is? I don't understand why we do. I don't on what grounds. Here's the thing: it's not like they. If this were true, it's not like Juice Robinson fucked somebody in Harold May's bed. You know what I mean? Right? It's a hotel room. He totally would, though. Oh, he would. Juice would. I would. I would. Fuck yeah. I'd be like, yeah. I mean, we saw what his apartment looked like in that little video at the beginning of Dominion. He's got yeah. a nice place. Yeah, if that that New York spread is, is, is he's doing all right for himself. He's definitely doing. All yeah, right. while Harold's in the shower because he, he takes a long time in the shower. You he can does get your business done there. Yeah. Harold comes out of the shower and he's dressing. What, what, what are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> what your name? No, it's not what you think. Listen, I could be done before Harold gets done brushing his fucking teeth. Are you kidding me? I'll be like in and out, done. Nothing. You don't know nothing. Uh. A pillow won't even be moved. Uh, Harold. Now we're talking about banging chicks and, <laughs> and Harold. <laughs> All right. Harold. Let's get this thing back on track. Okay. Uh, Ted just asks, who would you push if the elite left? So let's say they're handing you the book, Damon. Bucks are gone. Kenny Omega's gone. Who do you elevate? And what pieces do you move around to yeah. compensate for that loss? Well, the good news is, is that everybody does move up. And, every, and things do get shuffled. So uh, I think they have already taken those steps with with uh, Jay White. I think uh, Juice would would be one of those people that that get a second look and a and a, and a new uh, energy behind him. Uh, I think that's where it starts. I think that the, that's where it starts. I think young lions become you know m- more developed and more ready. Uh, I think evil, I, and I think Los Gobernables in general. I think it's. I, w- I would think that, that they would get a continued, you know, strong push. I hate to say it, but you know, they're they're positioning the Bullet Club, the new, the new and improved Bullet Club. They're, they're positioning them for a top spot, so they'll be a focal point for sure. Um, and then, you know, your usual suspects, Okada, Tanahashi, 
Um, Naito. Yeah, but I think Jay White and Juice have the most to benefit from this. Yeah, I'm going to read a question here and jump in on the back of it. Final Flash 22 says, am I the only one highly disappointed with the amount of talent that's simply forgotten and is not given any meaningful direction? Naito's been puzzling all year for sure, but it feels like people also forget Sonata, who had a stellar G1, but is now firmly in the background. Also, is it too soon to be concerned about Jay White as a potential big four-level guy? Unable to produce a great match despite working with Omega Okada and three times with Tanahashi. Yes, he's beaten all three, but they felt hollow. Cheated against Okada and Tanahashi, Omega win felt like a fluke so first thing i would say to that is it's normal that some people get downcycled when you're pushing one guy you can't push everyone at the same time so lij will come back they will have their moment tonada that's a difficult one because we've got another question coming up later on but i'm struggling to see where he would fit in at wrestle kingdom but I think it is too soon to be concerned about Jay White because a lot of people I heard from absolutely loved his match with Tanahashi against King of Pro Wrestling. They thought it was his best match and that's got rave reviews. So a lot of people liked it much more than I did. So I think there, there's every chance he is being positioned as the next foreign ace, like very much how AJ Styles was when he first arrived, uh, where Kenny Omega, when he took over from the Bullet Club. So you got the blueprint there for the foreign heel ace. And I think there is also a very good chance that he runs through that storyline as being the the heel leader of Bullet Club. But I could easily see Jay White being a very popular babyface if he does eventually turn. And then I think there is room for him to start breaking out the the top quality matches, getting in the five star classics. Because without Scampi agrees with me, without all the, the interfering and the cheating and everything, I think the the prospect of main event style Jay White matches without all that is very very exciting to me so I could definitely see Jay White with his good looks and how good he is on the mic being a, a massively popular baby face in the future yeah I, I, again the, one, the the biggest his biggest hurdle right now is just having one of those matches that lights the the world on fire like that's that's all he needs and I know that's easier said than done but um, truth be told that's all he needs and then you know, he could very easily slide into that Kenny Omega spot. He could very easily slide into that top foreign heel and yeah, possibly a baby face. No doubt about it. It's it's there and then and, and, and I don't think there's any any real surprise in that in the sense that the company is is going putting all their cards on the table, putting all their chips on the table and and, and moving in that direction. But for for fans like us and people who watch the product like us, all we need is that one match, really. And it's there. We know it's there. All we need is that one match, and and he could be at that level. Absolutely. Yeah, I hope when it comes to the Okada match at the Tokyo Dome, he says to the Bullet Club guys, you you stay backstage for this one. I don't need to handle this by myself. I've got to prove to everyone that I can beat Okada without cheating. That would be nice if he did that. I'm not going to hold my breath, but I think that would be cool if it happens. Um, Let's move on then to the Wrestle Kingdom 13 press conference that was earlier in the week between Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kenny Omega. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of this, but I sat down and watched it. So the gist of it was Tanahashi said that Kenny's pro wrestling isn't elegant and raises too many questions for a first-time viewer, such as why these guys using tables against each other if they're all friends. And Kenny was saying that Tanahashi isn't moving the needle. He um, 
brought up him pulling out of the Dominion ladder match a couple of years ago. And he says that fans are only cheering because they're praying that he doesn't die. Kenny went on to use his real name, Tyson Smith. And he oh. called Tanahashi a piece of shit, pretending to be a hero. And says that pro wrestling has moved beyond the simple dynamics of heel versus babyface. But he says he'll quite happily be the bad guy who gets booed in the dome. So from all that that you heard, did it make you excited for the match? Nope. 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 There's nothing that I hate more in pro wrestling than these pseudo shoot things. Ah, they they stink. Look, again, here's another notch in the old uh, Kenny column, right? It's like, can I ask you a question? What what is what is Kenny Omega's vision for what pro wrestling is? Like, what does that mean? His, it, it, we've grown out of heel and face dynamics, and we've grown out of uh, people challenging for titles. So what what exactly is his vision for pro wrestling, Joel? Does anybody have a fucking clue what that means? You're probably asking the wrong person. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Probably something that you've seen in an anime somewhere. I, I mean, it's like, to me, his vision of what pro wrestling is is him doing whatever the fuck he wants to do. That's really what it feels like to me. Like I want to wrestle Kota Ibushi in a in a uh, in a bed of flowers match, and we're gonna have a bed of flowers in. in we're gonna wrestle in a garden, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna fight there. And great. And then my vision of pro wrestling is going Which, to be uh, yeah. That was uh, exactly taken from. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 3, the final boss fight in a bed of flowers with uh, two people who, yeah, yeah, who who used to have a very close relationship but were um, by circumstance forced to fight each other to the death. So I think you've nailed it there. I think that could be, if he was given the book, what what we're getting at Madison Square Garden. So start ordering (laughs) the flowers. Right, let's go. Um, but again, I don't know what that means. Like, what, 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 and, and again, if I don't know what that means, and if nobody can explain to me what his vision of what pro wrestling is, and that's the crux of this feud, then why would anybody give a fuck? Like, I don't, like what, what is he saying? He's saying that, I, 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 help me. I don't, I, I don't know. And that's and that's where I kind of we talked about this previously. Like what what is this feud about? It's 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 nonsense. It's the feud is about this guy feeling like okay, you you counted me out with the injuries and you counted me out with my age and you counted me out yet even you know with all the things that I've accomplished and who I am in this company. You counted me out and this is kind of I, i'm challenging in the biggest grandest stage in our company and on the biggest show um i have a briefcase where I, I went through a grueling g1 and now my eyes are set on that title not this other nonsense i don't want to hear kenny omega's real name what what does that do how what is, how does that get people excited for a match help me fucking understand this like it's those things that just baffle the fuck out of me. Like, how is this helping the company? 
aside from helping you and aside from 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 you feeling doing what you want to do uh is there anything worse than a person who feels I just want to do what I want to do ugh ah stinks <laughs> talk about a negative podcast jeez <laughs> I think that the story leading into this uh, Wrestle Kingdom main event is compelling enough without any of this. This is not doing it any favors. I think it's a fascinating story of you know East against West, old against new. Uh, what's the future direction of the company going to be? Is it going to be full steam ahead with Western expansion with Kenny as the champion, or are they going to go back to basics with a, a trusted local hero? That to That's me is good. really, really interesting. And I think the match is going to be amazing. But the, the words coming out of both of their mouths are not helping and not right. enhancing my excitement for the match. So I mean, sometimes I think my enjoyment of wrestling would be enhanced if I just deleted Twitter and didn't basically listen to anything the wrestlers say. If just as soon as the match finished and the, the bell rung, I just turned off NJPW World and got on with my life. Right. That's the Western expansionishness, though. That, like, to me, that that's what that that's part of the the, the the challenge that people are having. Look, everything that you said, right? Everything, every scenario that you said, you had to construct in your fucking head, right? It shouldn't be that way. It should that should be plain as day. That you should turn on your fucking television or your stream, and that should be the here's the word narrative right not something where again not to harp on 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 our opening but that the that, that person who sent us the nine paragraph thing of like to me that's like you worked so hard to come up to to connect these dots and it's like what pro wrestling should that you 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 don't need to be goodwill hunting to be fucking watching pro wrestling you really don't and like all these scenarios and loops and this guy and that guy, what the fuck? Like everything that you just said, you had to kind of deduce and kind of work in your own head. It's the main event at the Tokyo Dome. How fucking complicated does it have to be? Madness. Next thing on my show notes is to discuss the Omega and Tamatonga Twitter beef, although I suspect you might not be that excited about that. So uh, you, they were going it? back now and forth it, about it. it. Yeah, what do, what do you okay, got? Okay, so the, Tamatonga said, sometimes I wonder if Kota Ibushi knows that he's way better than Kenny Omega and should be the face of the company, but it's being used by his best friend as leverage for his own selfish needs. And then Kenny Omega says... Um, Dang, I shouldn't have called you out for the Freddy Krueger act. Personally, I like it when you say bitch a lot. I guess entry-level salary can't afford multiple fines a year, huh? Let's hope those Funko Pop sales help ease the burden during the holiday season. Oh, wait. Uh, I asked people on Twitter what they thought of this, and then someone uh, replied, which made me laugh, saying, Kenny Omega hates the poor. So, you know, it's just more fuel for the fire that probably both of you guys should just log off. But um, and then Tamatonga says... Uh, lol, no, 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 you're fine. You know I love me a little competition. Just don't run to your boyfriend, Dave Meltzer, crying about how it's not fun anymore, bitch. So uh, Tyler asks, will the Twitter exchange between Kenny and Tamatonga actually go anywhere with a match slash feud culmination? It feels like it should, but how Gado has booked this feud tells me otherwise. So uh, surely these guys are both working, right? Yeah. I mean, I think so. 
I hate that. Yeah, you're right. I do. I hate. No, there should not be a match based off of people tweeting each other. No, I don't want that. That's that's something I certainly don't want. A feud over Twitter. Blech. Uh, uh, they're fighting for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Tanahashi did not like his Instagram picture. What a what a blood feud we have here. <laughs> Jesus Christ almighty. What is this world fucking coming to? Kenny Omega has blocked Tanahashi on social media. Right. Yeah, seriously. Unbelievable. Tanahashi has a burner account, and he's blasting uh, Kenny Omega on Reddit and on uh, Snapchat. Kenny Omega sent uh, Kota Ibushi a Snapchat, a provocative Snapchat. But Kota Ibushi saved the image, and Kenny Omega was notified. So we're going to have at King of Pro Wrestling a match to determine who gets the rights to the Snapchat picture. Will Kenny Omega delete the picture? Or will Kota Ibushi uh, have to have hit that picture sent out to all of his followers? How compelling. Ugh. <sighs> all right. Here we are. <laughs> I'm done. I think you've... Yeah, I think you've just tapped into what Kenny Omega's vision for pro wrestling is. I think you're right. I think you're right. It, 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 it I, 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 I think so. I think so. Like we're gonna, like we would have uh, a Nintendo sixty four uh, death match where it's like Mario Kart or something, and uh, it's it's a, a Mario Kart death match. It would be it would be unbelievable. So. Do you think this is leading to a match? Because they don't actually have anything booked in the future. Um, I hope not. Right? I think we know the results of a, of, of a match between those two. I don't like Tamatanga in a singles match. Um, so it might be a tag. He's all right, actually. Yeah, you know, the match he had with Kota Ibushi was pretty good i mean apart from all the the fuck finishes i think that hindered tamatonga during his g1 i think he is capable of putting on a better singles wrestling match than the the booking allowed how many times he's the the greatest guy how many fucking times you're gonna fall into that trap i mean for years everybody's been saying that and show me show me the, the fucking results nah you're not suckering me again nope i don't want to okay what about golden lovers against god I think I think you will see that eventually somewhere. Yeah, um, I think you almost have to at this point, right? You almost have to at this point. Yeah, I, I think uh, tag match and and that would be fine. I wouldn't have a problem with that. I just found it funny seeing all these people, Tamatonga and Tanahashi, both basically saying that Omega is gaslighting Ibushi, who is a thirty-six-year-old adult. Right. Which is a bit strange. Do you think Kota Ibushi has suffered as a result of this Golden Lovers story and the booking? It, I mean, look. The Kota Ibushi, was, did he suffer from the Kota Ibushi Institute of Higher Learning Pro Wrestling thing? Did Kota Ibushi suffer from not signing a contract at the Classic, the Cruiserweight Classic? Did Kota Ibushi 
suffer from not signing a long-term New Japan deal. I mean, he's his own dude. I mean, I don't think he's he's doing what he wants to do. Like I like of anyone who who you're gonna point a finger in that locker room and be like, ah, that's probably somebody bitching and moaning. Um, I don't think Kota Bushi's that guy. I think he's <laughs> he's just there to have fun. He he is literally the guy at the party who's like, just I don't care. Just let me do some fucking backflips. I don't give a shit. Um, I can't remember who said this, but someone said that he constantly looks like he's been kidnapped. He does. He does have that look. It's funny. Uh, uh, look, I, I can see where people might say that, you know, he gets lost in, in the shadows and he deserves better. But, yeah, at the end of the day, he's 30-something years old. He can, he can you know. And, and, again, I don't think he's under contract. I don't think he has, like, a two-year deal with New Japan. He can go wherever the fuck he wants to go. Um, and right now he's with Kenny because, hey, why, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't you be there with your – Quote and quote real life shoot boyfriend. <laughs> oh, sorry. Whoops. I was just gonna say best friend, but okay. Uh real life shoot boyfriend. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. Why not? All right, moving on. Um apparently Don Callis is done yeah. with New Japan. I uh, again according to Trevor, the Irish wrestling fan, he's got heat with the office. And I saw rumors of Lanny Poffo joining oh. the commentary booth. Did you see that? I did, and and I was going to fire off a, a text to to someone that I know and say, "Can we talk just off the record? Uh, is this even remotely true? Like, is this like I I didn't do it because I just feel like like I just don't like bothering people. Is really what it comes down to. Um, but I was like, this can't possibly be true, right? This has to be an absolute rib. What? And what in God's name? Uh, you know, at least Don Callis had some idea of what was going on in the company and the history of of Japan, and he, you know, it, it was mostly you know he had to catch up to speed pretty well, but um, and pretty quickly. But of all people, Joe, of all people, I could I could put three hundred names in a fishbowl and pull out a name. And come up with something better than Lanny Poffa. Where the fuck did that name come up from? How did that happen? And secondly, I'm a little I'm a little upset that if Lanny Poffo's in the running, where the fuck are we in the pecking order? <laughs> Jesus Christ. We've done more for this company than Lanny Poffo has ever done, will ever do, right? We've done more to promote this fucking company. And they're talking Lanny Poffo? That can't be real. I, I got to talk to somebody. I got to fire off a text to somebody because I, I need I need to hear from them that Lanny Poffo is an is an option here. I just saw a tweet that really made me laugh about this from uh, Trevor Dame. It's uh, Kevin Kelly. Ah, the Rainmaker with another incredible... Lanny, there once was a man named Okada, his peers of which there were none. He has the world's best drop kick. Only Gato knows what makes him tick. I can suck my own dick. <laughs> that is the rumor that he can't do that. That is that has always been the rumor that Lanny Poffo can suck his own dick. Wow, is it great that he tied that in? Well done. Who was that? Trevor Dame. Oh uh, yeah, is that the guy with the um uh, the avatar of uh, the guy from Kids in the Hall? I think so. I've never watched it. You never watched Kids in the Hall? I don't know. Oh. No. Oh, you're missing out. Um, but being able to suck your own dick could be quite useful. I mean, those Wrestle Kingdom broadcasts are very, very, very long. So, <laughs> you know, you've got to do something to pass the time. Oh, my goodness gracious. 
Um, Lanny Poffa. I cannot. I can't imagine that being an accurate thing. Watch <laughs> power struggle. Hi, I'm leaping Lanny Poffo. He's got his frisbees. He's throwing it out there. The demolition is full of ambition. Shut up. Your poems, they all stink. Ugh. Thank you. Yeah, give me Mark Wozeka, please. Yeah. I'll take that over Lanny Poffo, definitely. Yeah, uh, next piece of news here is uh, an unfortunate piece of news that young line Tetsuhiro Yagi has retired for personal reasons. He's been gone for several months following a broken arm. Um, I'm a bit sad about that. I thought he was one of the better ones of that class and I know that he and Ren Narita had a very close personal relationship and I was looking forward to at some point in the future the two of them becoming a, a really good tag team. So very sad to see Yagi leaving for personal reasons. I don't know what the story is if something's going to come out about that soon but uh, disappointing. Yeah, I mean... The thing about it is, though, is that a lot of uh, a lot of young lions actually don't make it through. Like, there's plenty that you, you've you've never heard. You know, it's not like everybody who goes through the dojo system comes out and goes on excursion and goes and you know turns into a, a, a Hiromo or a, a Shonyo or a, a Devitt or you know. Not everybody. They're, 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 it, it happens a lot where guys get either get hurt or they lose their lust for it. You know, it's you know, you we've all heard the stories of how brutal life is in those dojos, and um, and and apparently it's gotten better. It's not as brutal, but yeah, it's 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 a tough life and injuries and and that lifestyle can can really make or break a person. So. Um, while it's disappointing, I- I'm shocked that we don't hear more. To be truthful, I'm shocked that we don't hear more. But um, yeah, you know. there was that Kanemitsu uh, fairly recently, wasn't it? Yeah. I can't remember his first name. Teruaki Kanemitsu, who was promising young line and just sort of Walked dropped away. off the face of the earth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine every day, <laughs> you know, getting brutalized. <laughs> Let's be honest here, and then making a pot of chonko. To top it off, uh, but it the strong survive in that in that environment. The strong survive, and you know sometimes sometimes it you know it's kind of like the Marines or like the military to a certain degree in the sense of you know some people just have to drop off. They just, it's just too much for them. Like you know, I, I wish them the best. Okay, let's talk about the card for Power Struggle, which will be Saturday, November the third in Osaka. So we have a main event with IWGP Intercontinental Championship, Chris Jericho against Evil. What? We've got... Wow! An Intercontinental title? Yes, I know. Are you kidding? <laughs> really? Wow! The leaves are falling off the, the trees. The leaves are changing! Uh, wow, well, that's exciting news. Okay, good. What else we got? We've got Tetsuya Naito against Zack Sabre Jr. That should, be, that should be good. We have got Never Openweight Championship, uh, Taichi against Will Ospreay. That should be good. we got... Tag team match, Hiroshi Tanahashi and David Finley against Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. We have got another tag team match with Okada and Beretta against Jay White and Bad Luck Fale. And we have the finals of the Super Junior Tag League. So obviously we will preview that nearer the time with a more comprehensive breakdown. But just initial reactions. It's a pretty good card, isn't it? Yeah, I'll take that. That's good. On paper, that looks really good, actually. Um, And we got an intercontinental. We are blessed with an intercontinental title. Does that mean... Uh, what is that? What is that nonsense cruise? Oh, well, he's not defending the title on the cruise, is he? 
he's a, he's in a tag match. No, it's a, a six six man tag team match. It's I believe it's Jericho and the Bucks against Omega, Cody, and Marty Scar. Vanity Projects. <laughs> um, okay. And you know what I, I learned? Uh, that's going to be streamed. We, we, it actually is going to be streamed on, if I'm not mistaken, Fight TV, Joel. So, you know. If you, Instant Reaction Podcast. Yeah, great. Um, I heard somebody stealing our thing where we were like, can you imagine a cruise like this being in any other time but right now, like with these specific wrestlers? Like, can you imagine like an 80s four horsemen you know, on a cruise like this? Oh my God! Somebody would die. Uh, let me give me. Uh, uh, how about this? Let's throw this at you. Are you watching this cruise? Are you watching this show? Uh, I'm quite interested, actually, wow. just from a sort of sheer car crash uh, point of view, because it's it's going to be terrible, isn't it? I uh, look. I I can't imagine it being good, but. Stranger things have happened in the world of pro wrestling. Um, there's no way I'm plunking down money. Now, if somebody wants to send me a something or something and I magically open up my computer and, whoa, I got a thing here. What is this? And I, and my eyes see it, I, I, I will look for the car crash element. I, I will look for the novelty of, of a cruise ship full of black T-shirts in the middle. In the middle of the ocean, um, yeah, I will. I will turn that on for the giggles. That is for fucking sure. Um, but no, there's no way in hell I'm paying for that. Okay, uh, it's just wanted to add here as well because we do have this tag team match with Kenny Omega and David Finley on opposing sides. That we do have Omega against Finley and Jeff Cobb against Hiroki Goto announced for New Japan. Lions Break Project One in Anaheim, which was a bit of a strange match up there, Omega against Finley, but I'm quite interested to see that one. But um, going back to this power struggle card, I have a question from JDM who says, "Any chance Evil wins, perhaps with a Naito assist? Naito against Jericho doesn't need a belt and could also give us a Wrestle Kingdom 13 Intercontinental Title match between Evil and Zack Sabre Jr." Huh. All right, I will. I will answer that with a question. Do we think that Evil is intercontinental title worthy? Oh, well, he deserves it more than Jericho. Okay. Although it's a pretty low bar to clear. All right. I don't know. I mean, you're making a star. That's a good question. You're, you're, you're making a star at that point, right? So I mean, by giving him the title, that's going—that's the thought process. I mean, and, and here's the thing too: Evil does have wins, big time wins over you know G that the G one win was it uh, against uh, Okada, where he, he literally broke his streak of you know losing. You know, Evil did that. Uh, I, yeah, I think he's very popular. You're not going to say yes, and I particularly if we are facing the, the possibility of the elite leaving, and you do need to start bumping people up, then Evil is definitely one of those people that they would be looking at to move up a notch. And I think he's definitely got the potential. So yeah, I would say I am here for it. Evil with the IC title, yes. Okay, I I will go yes as well, but with the asterisk of we're doing this to make a star. We're doing this to make a star because on the surface, 
gut reaction. There, there. Listen, we had a lot of pause to that. We really had to be like, oh, really? and usually it's a yeah, absolutely title, right? So again, this is a star making thing. I'm I'm for that. They might need to do that. So um, I'd be okay with that. I'd, I'd be fine with that. I've got a question here from Mike in the uh, Discord group. And this was sent a while ago. He's never got around to it. Who was talking about King of Pro Wrestling, about Tai Chi facing Osprey. And it's, Tai Chi has mentioned in the past that he liked the idea of being able to use the Never title to pick on juniors. Tai Chi is a particularly weak heavyweight. I don't know if I'd agree with that, Mike. Anyway, and Osprey is a junior. Do you think it's likely we get Osprey challenging for it and winning the Never title and using it as a springboard to face Ibushi? And if it pans out that way, can I get a victory lap for my well-thought-out question regarding these very open-weight issues before the storyline started to show its head? Also, keep in mind that Ibushi challenged Ishii as a junior for the Never title around 2014 or so. Uh, we did touch on it last time, but do you think it's likely that Osprey takes the title off of Taichi at Power Struggle? I do. I, yeah, I, I kind of do. Um, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but that, that was an Andrew Rich original thought, right? That The first that yes. we got that. So. Uh, you could do half a victory lap if you'd like, but um, you know you have to hold hands with Rich around the lap. <laughs> that's that's the rule. Um, so no, I, I do, I do, I, I see Osprey winning the title, um, and kind of having that little, kind of what we always wanted of having that open weightness to the title. Again, I think that title got pigeonholed with big bruisey you know, flesh smacking Goto, uh, Ishii, Makabe, that, that, that cut from that cloth. Uh, this is, a, this would be a nice change. Osprey wins, uh, new, fresh opponents. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. And, and again, I think Taichi was the, was the springboard to that, but I think he loses the Osprey here. Yeah. I hope so. That'd be nice. Okay. Let's uh, dig into the super junior tag league which uh, I will be referring to John Carroll's excellent preview and predictions thing that they wrote for the Voices of Wrestling website. So uh, do check that out. I've retweeted it out several times and you can find it up there if you go to voicesofwrestling.com. So previously it's been a single elimination tournament, but now it's a full tag league where you've got eight teams all in the same block facing off against each other. So first of all, Damien, your thoughts on the format of this? Uh, yeah. I, I, you, you, ha- you like it more than the single elimination tournament? Yeah, I do. I mean, you, you get more opportunities for, for more matchups, right? Um, yeah, I, I'm okay with that. I, I think it makes it even more important. I, I Yeah, no, I got no problem with it. I'm very excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So it's going to be similar to the heavyweight World Tag League, except that's in two separate blocks. Obviously, this is one block. So all the teams will face each other over the course of the Power Struggle Tour, which is going to begin this Tuesday night in Krakowin Hall with the top two teams meeting in the finals at Power Struggle. Let's have a little quiz, Damon. Let's test your history Uh-oh. here. So I'm looking at, at John Carroll's article and the list of the previous Super Junior tag winners. Mm-hmm. Do you fancy your chances in guessing who the winners have been over the past few years? Let, let's go uh, 2010. Uh, I see years. I'm going. Uh, the years is where I'm going to to, to fall apart. I, can I just name random winners in random time? Yeah, okay. okay. Uh, yeah, that's fair. You name random winners and I'll, I'll tell you right. yes or no which year they were. Beretta and Rocky Romero. Yes, that was in 2016. They defeated ACH and Taiji Shimori in the final. Okay. 
Um, Alex Shelley and Kushida. Yeah. Yes, that was 2012. They defeated Apollo 55 in the final. Okay. Uh, Apollo 55. No, they've never won it. Wow. Okay. They have been runners-up twice in 2010 and 2012. Okay. Um, um, Bucks? Yes, they won in 2013, defeating the Forever Hooligans, Rocky Romero and Alex Kozlov. Yes. Uh, how about... Right, what about last year's? Last year's. Who would have fucked one last year's? Uh, and Yo. Correct. They defeated Super 69, ACH there and Gucci in the final. Right, I didn't do that bad, right? Yeah, you did pretty good. Uh, other ones you missed. 2010, it was El Samurai and Koji Kanemoto defeating Apollo 55. In 2014, it was Red Dragon, Bobby Fish and Kyle ah, Riley defeating the Young Bucks. Yeah. And 2015, Matt Seidel and Ricochet, Ricochet. defeating Rapongi Vice. That's right. All right, there you go. Matt Seidel and uh, Ricochet was a fun tag team. They 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 were fun. Uh, you say it. You, you tell them, Scamp. Um, <laughs> he knows. He knows. He's like, fuck he, yeah. He bloody loves Matt Seidel and Ricochet. <laughs> Listen. What, do you, what does that mean? You think he's? Uh, you think your cat's lighting it up, huh? Uh, Four twenty blazes, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, that was, that was a good. And, and, and I've always said I, I missed. I missed Red Dragon. I, I know I can go watch them elsewhere, but I do miss. I do miss the Red Dragon for sure. They were one of my favorite tag teams of all time. All right, not bad there. I, I think this. I think this uh, tag league. The, the lineup. I mean, the names. I, I don't think they. They. they they could have done better. That's that's a, yeah. That's a real solid. Let's lineup. go through them. Yeah, we'll, we'll discuss each team, and you tell me. Give, give me a percentage chance of them winning, and your pants down excitement rating for for seeing them in action. Right. So, uh, first of all, we got the champions of El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Uh, again, using John's article here. Previous appearances: twenty seventeen, uh, they lost in the semifinals, and in twenty fourteen, it was Desperado with Taichi. They lost in the semifinals. So. Uh, percentage chance of El Desperado and Kanemaru winning and how excited are you for seeing them? Uh, I like them because I think they are, again, we've said it before, they are a true solid heel tag team. And I think that that's an element that is missing in pro wrestling. So I don't have a problem with them. Uh, I like them. I enjoy them. Uh, do I think they're going to win? No, usually the, the champions don't because it, it's there to set up championship matches. Um, so I'll say that they do not win the tag league. So the percentages are low. I'll go 10 to 20%. There's some really interesting facts here in this article that uh, if they continue being champions up until Wrestle Kingdom, which I assume they will because I don't think they've got any scheduled title defences before then, uh, they will have... Okay, let's see if I read this correctly. It will add another 86 days to their reign. To get a reign longer than 304 days, you have to go all the way back to the fourth champions ever, Shinjiro Otani and Tatsuhito Takaiwa, who held the belts for 348 days between... July the 13th, 1999 through June the 25th, 2000. So that was the longest reign in the history of these belts. And um, Despi and Kanemaru may have that record in their sight. So they've all held this belt for a very long time, actually. So I mean, people who have been complaining about poor booking of the junior division and the junior tags in particular, I don't think you can level that at the title picture. Certainly, I would like to see some undercard feuds, both for singles and junior tag action. But I think... 
they've had a pretty good reign as champions. They've had a good reign. Now, the only the only thing I would want to investigate further would be, and again, both those teams, long reigns, I think, I think it's fine. How many defenses, right? So there's, there's a big difference between having, uh, let's put it this way, you know, Chris Jericho. Four, four defenses. Four defenses in 300 days? Yeah, that's it's, it doesn't sound good when you say it like Sorry, that. Sorry, right. Probably could have fit a few more in there, couldn't yeah, I mean, yeah. So, uh, again, Jericho has been a, the Intercontinental Champion since, what, March, April? Right? How many title defenses? None, <laughs> right? So, you know, uh, length is great. <laughs> that's what she said. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, how many defenses in there? That To me, that's that's really a more telling story. Uh, and, and truth be told, the length of, of, of the reign without a lot of defenses means that we forgot about that. So actually, to me, it's, it's more of the opposite of the booking might be a little bit poor on that. Um, and it might just be a push it under the under the rug kind of thing and every once in a while we'll dust off those titles and have a title defense um so again food for thought okay next team Rapongi 3k showing yo who won the tournament last year and yo appeared in 2013 in a team with kushida and they lost in the first round so joe lanza has tipped Rapongi 3k to win the whole thing because they've had a fairly quiet year since they lost the titles mm-hmm. but this would be a good way to give them some shine and have them coming up trumps in um, Wrestle Kingdom and winning their titles back. Uh, what do you think their chances are of winning this tournament? High. Because they are... And he, he kind of read my mind on that in the sense of they're, they're a perfect example of a team that's really kind of done nothing most of the year that this is their time. If, if they're going to do anything, this is the time to do it. Um, and they need to be in the mix. So I would say hi. I would probably say 75, 80% that they were winning. Now, there's an interesting caveat to the way that they've planned out the fixtures. And I was talking to Joe about this in the Slack group because the opening main event for the Tag League is showing you against Shingo, Takagi, and Bushi. So Joe said that he's certain that Shingo is going to pin Show again, but then Rapongi 3K goes and wins the tournaments and the titles because he pointed out that usually, but particularly throughout the G1 tour, Yo has taken all the pins, but at King of Pro Wrestling, it was Show that got pinned by Shingo. Uh, not for nothing, he says. So uh, potentially we are looking at the opening night main event also being the final. Do you see that playing out too? Yeah, and plus they, they always like the somewhat of a comeback story, right? Where a team might struggle early and then and then kick it into high gear. So, um, yeah, I can see that. Sure, that, that's uh, yeah, I can see that. Uh, but okay, but uh, but I will say this: that, uh, that uh, I do think uh, Shinga. I don't. I mean, well, we'll, we'll read off the other names. Got it. I'm sorry. Okay, so next team is the LIJ team of Bushi and Shingo oh, Takagi, who <laughs> some people have affectionately labelled Bushingo. Ooh. 
So previous appearances, 2010, Bushi was with Negro Casas. They lost in the first round. 2013, Bushi with Valiente, lost in the semis. 2014 was Bushi with Mascara Dorada, who you now know as uh, Grand Metalik, who's doing fuck all in 205 Live. And in 2017, it was Bushi with Hiromu, and they lost in the semis. So your thoughts on Bushingo? Well, uh, to me, they're the odds on favorite. Um, so between them and Sho and Yo, who I think we'll see in the finals. I do. I, I think. I, I think it's a. That's a. That might be the, the, the way we go with that. So, um, I'm I'm at eighty ninety percent of them winning. Uh, I like the tag team. I think it's going to be a fun new dynamic. Uh, we'll get the, a lot of people will be seeing Shingo for the first time, um, and you're in for a treat. I think it's going to be good stuff from him. I forgot to mention last time we spoke about how funny it was on the King of Pro Wrestling show when Naito announced Milano Collection AT as the new Pareja. Yeah. Did you catch that? Yeah. That was really funny. And then Stands <laughs> up at X. Milano is, yeah. is, yeah, he's putting up his X, but then people were thinking, oh, X, he's the new X. Yeah. So I thought that was really funny. Um, question about Shingo. Do you think he is long-term going to be in LIJ? Do you think he's somewhat redundant when Hiromu comes back? Mm, no. I think he's there. I think that's the spot. I think the, the the better look is, you know, is he going to stay a junior or move up to heavy? And I think, again, I said that previous shows that he's, you know, he's not sticking around juniors for long. I, I, I don't think he's there to be a junior. He's there to move up to heavyweight. And he'll do just fine there as well. So, um, no, I wouldn't be worried about that. Singlet or tights? Which do you prefer for the Shingo look? Do you think he looked a bit weird in the tights? Yeah. Yeah, more singlet. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there's some guys that just look right in a singlet. Uh, like, you know, imagine like a, like a Jeff Cobb in a fucking you know, tights. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, he's, he's singlet. He's a singlet guy. Are you, what are you? Are, are you a tights or a singlet guy? Well, I'm used to seeing Shingo in a singlet, so it was just a bit strange for him. I'm saying seeing you. him in the tights. But uh, oh. you get in a ring. <laughs> Are you going tights or singlet? Uh, I've worn a singlet once or twice before when I did a triathlon. Really? It was a sprint distance triathlon. Oh. And it was kind of comfortable. So, yeah, I'm going to say singlet. Yeah, I'm definitely singlet. No doubt. No, no, nobody wants to see me in a pair of fucking tights. That's for sure. <laughs> no fucking tights. Okay, next thing we've got Kushida and Chris Sabin. Uh, lots of previous appearances for Kushida. 2010 with Gado, 2012 with Alex Shelley, 2013 with Yo, 2014 with Alex Shelley, 2015 with Alex Shelley, and 2016 with Hirai Kawato. So your thoughts on this team of Kushida and Chris Sabin? Any chance, uh, how far do they make it? And are you excited for seeing them in action? Uh, they're good. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll produce good matches. We know that. All, th- all three of the teams that we talked about so far are going- will we'll do that. Uh, I-, I don't think they have a snowball's chance in winning. But uh, and Chris- Saban's got to be the pin eater, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You-, yeah. you can't have Kushida getting pinned as the champion. junior champion. Yeah, yeah. he's going to be eating plenty of pins. Um, and that's why he's there, and that's fine. You know, and we-, we know how this works. Great matches, I think, that we'll get from him- from that team. But, yeah, they're not going to go too far. Middle of the road or lower middle of the pack is where they'll wind up. Okay, next team, we've got the Bullet Club OGs team of Taiji Ishimori and Robbie Eagles. Nice. Now, I did go and check out that Robbie Eagles match against Will Ospreay from P 
PWA Call to Arms 2017, and it was fantastic. You can find that for free on YouTube, so definitely worth checking out if you want to see what Robbie Eagles has got in his locker. So your thoughts on this team, Great. please? Great. That, I mean, how can you go wrong, right? Uh, look, we, we get, we're, we're four or five teams in talking about it, and just the names that we're rattling off. It's going to be a f- – do not – as the kids say, do not sleep on these road to power struggle shows. They're going to be fucking good. It really, it, it really is up to the time that they give these matches. And, okay, we're in the middle of nowhere, Japan. Are we going to give full effort? If they, if they go – if they put any effort into this, this, this is going to be a sleeper tournament of the year. If it's the, the, just the lineup alone. If they give this any effort, this has – and put me down for this. This has the opportunity to be a sleeper tournament of the year. I think people are going to be clamoring for this uh, and talking about this tournament um, after it's done as being one of the best things New Japan has done all year. Yeah, likewise. I'm tremendously excited about it. I love a good tag match. And I think for, all again, all the criticism that New Japan gets for their booking of the juniors – here we've got another entire tour where the juniors are the focus yep. and they're the main events of it. So definitely excited to see them getting a, a chance in the spotlight to show what they can do. Uh, next team, Super 69, ACH and Ryusuke Taguchi. Interesting note here. I saw uh, recently ACH said goodbye to AAW. What do you think that means? Do you think that means he's going full-time with New Japan? Because some people interpreted that as he's going to WWE, but he didn't say that at all. So what do you think? Um, I'll be honest with you. Don't know. What do I think? I'll tell you what I want. I would love to see him full-time New Japan, of course. I think he's talented. Everybody says it. I mean, Christ. It's like anytime, anytime ACH's name is brought up, it's like, the first thing out of people's mouths is, how come this guy's not fucking... Why don't they sign this guy? Um, hopefully, look, he, if, if anybody deserves a, a, a at least a shot, is it's this guy, in my mind. I hope it's with New Japan. I don't think it's WWE. So, fingers crossed. Okay, and what do you think about this ACH Taguchi team of, uh, what was I saying, called Super 69? Uh, how do you think they'll do in the tournament, and are you looking forward to seeing them? Uh, I, 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 yeah. Again, I think ACH is tremendous, and I think Taguchi can be tremendous. Um, I, again, I think we'll see more comedy thrown in there, and it may not be my cup of tea, but it'll be sprinkled in with some good matches, but they'll be middle of the pack. They're not winning this thing. Middle of the pack. They're not making the finals either. Middle of the pack. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think mid- middle of the pack is where we'll see them. And the next team, we've got Volador Jr. and Soberano Jr. So an interesting note here that I saw on Twitter from uh, at Lucha Blog, who retweeted this comment saying that uh, from Fredo Esparza, Soberano Jr. confirms that he was going to be in a Coppa Halson Suriano, but due to the New Japan tour, he was replaced by Templario. And Lucha Blog says this suggests Dragon Lee was scheduled for the tag tournament until he got booked on that never-ending island trip. So I think I mentioned a few weeks ago about Dragon Lee uh, doing this reality TV show on an island. Mm. Like, um, I, I don't know what, it, what it's called, Survivor. Like Survivor, it is. Yeah. 
Yes, yeah, and he's been there for a while, and he seems to be very popular, and he's doing rather well. So he's still out there, but uh, it's, perhaps he was supposed to be Volador Junior's partner, but now Soberano Junior has come to take his place. Um, I've never seen Soberano Junior in action. What about yourself? No, uh, again, I, I, if, if there's one thing where I struggle, it's it's keeping up with uh, the Triple A's and the CMMLs and all. I don't even think Triple A is that thing anymore, is it? Um, all that. I'm not a lucha guy. And come February, where they do their fantastic mania, you know, I can't say it's. I mean, it's it's not a favorite time. It's 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 okay, but I don't watch. Like I I don't think I've sit and watch uh, a lot of the lucha stuff. That's for sure. So no, I haven't. But uh, I'm expecting masks and flips. I don't think I'll be too far off. Yeah, I'm excited to see these guys coming up against the you know the power wrestlers like show like shingo yeah. and seeing the the dynamics of those in action but uh, they're not winning it no they got no chance no zero and next team we have jushin thunder liger and tiger winners for the winner <laughs> winner at all go go tiger yeah. uh, i i want to s- no, no they're not getting close but it would be fun if they had like a nice run to kind of wet your palate and get you thinking that maybe they could do the old uh, one more run kind of thing. But no, nah, they they're not going to do that. So yeah, New Japan never do that. They, story. they really don't. They they don't like doing that at all, do they? Uh, I, I I think it's not unlikely that they open up with quite a successful run. Maybe they win their first two or three. Right. Like they did with Tenzan and the G1 a while ago, like they did with Tiger Mask in this year's Best of Super Juniors. Yeah, yeah, they'll be lower, lower pack. They're, they're there to eat pinfalls and get other people over, which is fine. I mean, they're they're fifty something years old. No, no need to be winning, but it would be nice to get kind of teased out a little bit. And I think they might do that. They might tease it a little bit, but uh, yeah, they're going to be lower the pack. Okay, so just to confirm, you think we're getting a final of Sho and Yo against Shingo and Bushi, and you're picking Sho and Yo to win the whole thing? No, I'm t- I'm taking Bushi and Shingo. Cause, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'm, t- I'm taking that. Um, and then, I I I, I mean, I, to me, it, do you, do you, do you start there with with tag champions? them as tag champions? I think so. The reason I say that is because if they don't win this, then what are they going to be doing at Wrestle Kingdom? That's what I'm saying. I think it's too early to be putting Shingo in a a title shot against Kushida. Right. I mean, you could... Unless they're going to be lost in like the the never six-man bullshit, then I think that would be a bit of a waste. Yeah. I mean, so that's why I'm saying it. It kind of feels like that's going to be the case. Um, let me ask you this: Would for Kushida, would you rather see Shingo or would you rather see Ishimori? I've, I would be equally excited for either match, but uh, I'm going to lean towards Ishimori because he and Hiromu had what may well end up being my favorite match of the year as the final of the best of the Super Juniors. I thought that was an outstanding match; it was near flawless. So I think Ishimori deserves another chance on the big stage in a singles match. And him versus Kushida could blow everyone away. Uh, Shingo, 
he, he can wait his turn. Okay. And he will get his chance. Okay. All right. So you're saying, who, who are you saying win, is winning this? I said last week, I think Shingo and Bushi, I'm going to stick with that. But I guess we will see on Tuesday how that main event goes down because I think whoever wins that main event is going to be losing in the final to whoever lost the main event, mm. if if you see what I mean. Yeah. So basically, whoever loses that main event is going to win the tournament. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, we're on the same page. All right, good. Uh, this should be fun. I mean, I'm looking forward to this. Um, I, I know in in recent shows, we may have a, a little bit of a negative cloud around us, but look, we're pumped for this. We're excited for this. And uh, I think everybody should be because I think, like I said, I think at the and when this is done, we're going to be looking back on this one, and it's going to be one of those. But it's going to be one of the better things New Japan is known for in 2018. Uh, that that's my hot take for the day. Yes, and everything will be airing. So whatever isn't that, there are going to be four live Karakuen shows, and everything that's not on those is going to be uh, video on demand later. Probably be single cam like it was during the Best of Super Juniors. Mm. So you will get a chance to see everything, although it won't all be live. Andrew Rich asks, could this be the best Super Junior Tag Tournament slash league ever? I thought last year's was great, but I think this year has a chance to blow it out of the water because of the calibre of wrestlers involved and the new block format. Also, which of the five new slash semi-regular slash guest teams are you most excited about? Bushi Shingo, Team CMLL, Motor City, Time Splitters, Super 69 or Eagles Ishimori? Uh, so, yeah, I think definitely this probably will be the best Super Junior Tag Tournament league ever. Um, I, I can't say I've seen any other ones, but just by the, the quality of the talent, just top to bottom, I think those are eight really fantastic teams. They're all bringing something different to the table. You've got the grumpy veterans, you've got the power wrestlers, you've got the, the high flies, the lucha guys, you've got old guys, you've got new talent, you've got young guys. So you've got a bit of everything in there. So I think we're going to have very different styles of matches. I don't think you're going to get bored of the, the stuff that they're putting out there. And I think they will be quite keen to go and prove themselves a lot of those guys so it's not going to be like the the world tag league where some people are just phoning it in especially with guys like robbie eagles and shingo and soberano jr i think they're going to be out to make a point and say oh, i should be here full time so as far as andrew's question goes which i'm most excited about i really like the look of eagles and ishimori i think that's a very exciting yeah, me too. pairing yeah. uh, and the dynamics of of them with Ishimori being quite a small but very compact and again he's got some good power wrestling and Robbie Eagles is the high flyer I think that should be really interesting yeah I mean he, if if it's not the best it's it's up there right it's it's in the conversation of of just on paper the best talent lineup it's it's good we're not we're not hand waving this one and 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 there have probably have been years where it's been slightly a hand wave this is a good one I'm 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 actually excited for it. So, yeah, um, Ishimori and Eagles. Um, that 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 might be the one that I'm really looking at to be to be the the top gun, top team. Um, Bushi Shingo, that's gonna be fun. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I go through that lineup. Can you can you pass? I I, I mean I. There's not a there's not a match in there that you're kind of hand waving, right? Maybe no, usually there's like one or two teams where you see them, and you're just like, oh, right. those guys. But all eight of them, I'm excited for yeah. because they're all bringing something different. I agree. I'm in. I'm in on this one. This one. This one. They did. Uh, they did an outstanding job with this one. So uh, let's see what how this plays out. But uh, I'm all in on this one. 
Uh, please do go and check out John Carroll's preview predictions thing. As I said, I borrowed a few facts on that, but there's plenty more interesting stuff there. Loads of interesting historical tidbits and, and factoids that will definitely enhance your enjoyment of it. So go and check that out. Uh, let's dig into some of the questions. And we do have a question on the top of the pile from John who says, how excited are the two of you to be on the world famous podcast Wrestling Omakase in just a few short months? Um, I've never heard of it, Damon. No, I don't. I, what, what, wrestling what? What is it? I don't. Listen, I don't. I I did. We agree to that. <laughs> did we? I don't know. Uh we are. We, th- we haven't worked out our fee yet, have we? I guess not. There'd be a lot of zeros on that check. That's right. As we talked about earlier. Uh yeah, of course we're excited. We're we're we're. we're I'm a, listen. I like the fact that people are are interested enough in our opinions, right? Uh, whether it be the eggshell, the great eggshells podcast with uh, Chris Charlton, whether it be uh, Andrew Rich for the music of the mat, whether it be whomever, right? So yeah, we're excited, right? I'm excited. You excited? I'm excited. We're excited. Uh, yeah, I really, I, I've been trying to get on a Makaze for ages, but it's just the time difference thing has been tricky to work out because. Uh, it's even hard enough for us to do the Super J cast, given that I'm 12 hours ahead of you. So it, it's not easy. Uh-oh. There are a few times where I wanted to get on, but just, we just couldn't make the timings work out. So I'm excited to be on. I'm a big fan of the podcast. Uh, I, I really like John's opinion. So it should be a good one. I'm looking forward to it. Yep, absolutely. All right, next question. Uh, WH Park, another one of our friends from the podcasting community mm-hmm. from post wrestling who of course as i've mentioned is i'll be sitting next to you in the tokyo dome for wrestle kingdom 13 hoping we can work out something maybe do some little instant reaction takes that we can put out on the super j cast feed uh wh asks does damon fall on the peter hook or bernard sumner side of Ooh. new order beef and who would he prefer to see perform live i will say that if i have a choice i'll go and see present day new order over peter hook and the lights All right, kids, strap in. It's another Damon Music segment. So I saw both. I saw Peter Hook and Light. They did, uh, I think they did the entire Substance album. And I've, I've seen New Order minus Peter Hook. I would rather, and, and and yes, he is correct. The New Order minus Peter Hook uh, was better than Peter Hook playing the songs. Um, with that being said, what side of the beef am I on? I gotta be honest with you. I I think both of them are fucking ridiculous at this point. Uh, just, there's nothing worse than a, than a stubborn beef. Just get over it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just life's too short for that. Uh, but I'm a big New Order fan. I love New Order a lot. So, uh, yeah. But I would I would definitely go New Order over the Peter Hook version of him doing every New Order song. <laughs> Uh, although I will say this, Bernard Sumner, he he might be the the worst singer of a major band in my lifetime. Like he sings live terribly, terribly. And I'm not a big fan of singers who have to hit the high and alone and and the whole fucking vocal range nonsense. I, like that means nothing to me. I like I like a grittier voice, and I like a voice that kind of stands out. Like again. The people that I like, you know, Brett Anderson from Suede or Morrissey or or you know or, or Liam Gallagher, they, you know, they they're not they have, but they have distinctive voices. Um, but he's he is like listen to New Order live and it's just like 
God. He's like, he says, he has literally one tone. Um, <laughs> no vocal range whatsoever. Uh, but that's that. All right. The good question there. I appreciate that one. I also saw Andrew Rich tweet out that he's seen Gorillas tonight. And yeah. judging by the set list, it's going to be a great show. Plus, Little Dragon is opening, so the likelihood of hearing Empire Ants live has got me all jazzed up. Uh, there's one Gorilla song I really like uh, called M1A1, which samples the opening tune from Day of the Dead, which is an absolutely fantastic film, one of my favorites. You, you a bit fan of the Gorillas? No, no, I, I try. Like, he, they were just in town, I'm going to say, either last night or the night before they were in town, and they're playing the big building. And trust me, with Blur, they ain't playing the big building here in town. They're not playing Wells Fargo Center. They're not playing... It never happened and never will. Uh, although Blur did play Madison Square Garden, but that was like like every Blur fan in the entire country <laughs> went to New York City for that show. That's how that building got sold. Um, kind of, it's kind of like a New Japan experience. Um, no, I can't. It, I mean, that just doesn't do anything for me. Like, I appreciate the fact that that he's making money to buy the house and he's making more money doing gorillas than he ever did doing blur right there's no doubt about that um there are a handful of songs that i like um what's that on melancholy hill i like i like that song um i like uh you know i like the hits you know the feel good and, um clint eastwood and you know that, that kind of stuff but honestly by and large it's just that's just not for me i just I went the last time I went and saw them. Uh, they played Philly. They played a big outdoor thing, and I went and I left halfway through it. I just wanted to see him. Like I kind of just moved up to the front of the stage. And I just wanted to see Damon, and then I kind of gave him the old nod, <laughs> you know, like okay, there he is, awesome. And then I, I just I turned around and walked out, and that was that. Okay, next question then. Uh, Nicole, who's the Discord moderator and also cigar and sumo aficionado, asked, based on the results of the King of Pro Wrestling three-way, what are the odds that Cody was there more to give shine to his NWA run than protect the Omega Ibushi match? Literally, you could have booked anyone other than Cody if the true intent was to protect Omega Ibushi. What other benefit is there to booking another promotion's champion when you know he can't eat the pin? With the NWA anniversary show coming up, they certainly gain by having Cody hold the US belt and continue to get IWGP shots. They definitely used his US win in their YouTube series, and I'm sure they had a camera crew filming for King of Pro Wrestling. So do you think it's possible, Damon, that the reason Cody didn't take the pin was because of the NWA? I can't. I, there, can I say something here? The NWA means zero. It means zero in this day and age. And I know people want it to mean something. And I would love it to mean something. It doesn't mean anything. It's, I'm sorry. It doesn't. And it was a wonderful moment at All In. And everybody was a root. I get, I get all of that. Come on. Do you really? But Billy Corgan's like, Yo, my belt has too much prestige. He can't take the. Has anybody. Do me a favor. Name me the past three, and you can include you can include Cody Rhodes and Nick Aldis. But give me the past give me the past three NWA World Champions. Is there a big daddy yum yum involved in there somewhere? <laughs> well, he was a part of the NWA. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If he, I don't even know if he was the champion. Uh, I mean, come on, people. Let's 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 relax on the fucking NWA stuff. Uh, come on. 
it's 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 it, it no. No, I didn't know Nicole was a big cigar uh, aficionado. I didn't know that. She's very eclectic. Yeah, definitely. Sumo. Yeah, she she is like one of the coolest people I've ever met. She's awesome. Yeah, yeah, she's a big fan. I, I, I mean, a, a, I might say big fan. I mean, like a, like a, like a super fan. Like she helps us out a lot. So, yeah, big big time fan. All right, good. Uh, she's cigar sumo. I mean, what else? What what can this girl not do? That's what I want to know. Yeah, looking forward to meeting her MSG. Yes. Oh, she's going? If she's coming. Oh, yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) You're going now, girl. (laughs) All right, very good. Okay, 